Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk with Chase. I am your host, Chase Coburn. Today, we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. Today, we are going to be breaking down what we should expect from Daniel Gafford this coming season, and if this is a make or break season for the 25-year-old center, we are going to be talking about that here on today's episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. We hope you guys do enjoy. Please subscribe, follow, share, view, and let's jump right into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. So let's address the elephant in the room. Yes, it has been a very long time since we have posted here on Wiz Talk with Chase. And I apologize for that, right? I've been doing so many other things. Cool Sports Network has been busy and thriving. Same goes for ChaseSportsNews.com. You know, Cool Sports Newsletter has been thriving all the way throughout the summer. The Orioles are playing incredible baseball. The Ravens have started. It's just been a really, really busy time. School started back up, and I apologize that I haven't been able to post the incredible content about our Washington Wizards on here. But I think you guys should, you know, just start to expect, you know, once or twice a week we're going to be uploading. Uh, I think, obviously, we'll be a little more busy, you know, first week of the season, week before the season, stuff like that, you know, previewing the season and all that. And there's a lot of players, individual players, that I want to break down, kind of like we're doing today. Um, but, you know, this season will be a little different. Like, I do want to describe that to the audience. You know, in the past, we've been going preview, recap, preview, recap, preview, recap. And I'm realizing that, like, in an 82-game season, one individual game, just focusing on that one game isn't as important. So, yes, this is all we're just going to break down the team and make new conclusions every week. But, like, I do think that we're going to, again, we're still going to have our previews, we're still going to have our recaps, but it's always going to be centered around one topic and something that could affect the team long term. So, that's kind of my philosophy for this year. And I'd be willing to take any tips or suggestions that can make this podcast better and uh, help it continue to grow. But I think we should jump into this and this is talk and this episode we are going to be talking about Daniel Gafford. And Daniel Gafford has always been one of my favorite players in the Washington Wizards and for a while now I'm like just wait until he breaks out, just wait until he breaks out. Now I'm starting to wonder if he's ever gonna break out. If you get what I'm saying, right? Um He's always had a good player efficiency rating. Like, he's always been adding value to the team. But, you know, something that stood out to me is kind of, I mean, you know, let me just share the stats to start off, right? Obviously, he started off slow with Chicago. Didn't really do much. But then was traded to the Wizards midway through the 2021 season. And was incredible. I was averaging 10 points a game, right? Close to two blocks, six boards, right? And then 2022 kind of took a little bit of a step back when it comes to his scoring production, despite getting more just by playing more minutes. And also wasn't the same defender, right? Dropped from 1.8 blocks to 1.4 blocks. It just didn't seem to be moving around the court as well. 
Then we see last year where his production goes up again, but his scoring goes down again and showed us his defensive abilities and blocks, and now he's averaging a turnover a game as well, and he's been starting to get into more of foul trouble uh, since that 2021 season. And I, I kind of think we didn't really think about this as much right when we were in that all season of 2021 and where, right, the season was starting and Daniel Gafford signed that three-year, $40 million contract, and we're going to be breaking that down. I don't really think we thought, maybe I mentioned it, but I don't really think we talked about if Daniel Gafford can succeed without Russell Westbrook. Because the stats are there, right? Daniel Gafford with Russell Westbrook, 60% of his shots in his 2021 campaign with the Wizards were assisted from Westbrook, according to Bullets Forever. And in 2021, he led the Wizards in defensive rating and was narrowly close to Rudy Gobert in block rate and Gobert won the Defensive Player of the Year in 2021. When Westbrook was there, Gafford elevated his game to the next level. 10 points a game, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks. I was mentioning that. He was moving around the court quicker. He was an incredible lob threat. And he was adding more value on both sides of the ball when he were able to play with Daniel Gafford in the half court. And when he was able to have that point guard and that facilitator always setting him up to succeed. And I think what we've seen now, right, now without... Westbrook is the Wizards have had a hard time, you know, figuring out their point guard situation since Russell Westbrook left. Because we've talked about it a lot on the show how we wanted Bradley Beal to be that facilitator, and Bradley Beal never turned into that facilitator. So it was a situation where I think that's part of the reason why um, Brad and the Wizards decided to part ways is essentially because look, Beal. Like, you know, they couldn't compete, you know, in the Eastern Conference without, like, a true point guard, I think was their point. And I think that's eventually what held this team back. And Brad was never a good enough playmaker to set guys like Daniel Gafford and, and, and other players of that caliber who needed to have that kind of point guard. Brad wasn't giving them those opportunities. I think that was part of the reason why they started to split up. Right, without Westbrook overall, Daniel Gafford has averaged eight points a game, five rebounds, and one block. It's still okay. But it's not like elevating his game to the next level or getting any better. Like you could say, okay, right, Gafford is, you know, maybe been, you know, it, it, I mean, he has more turnovers, but I think he's been a smarter basketball player. You know, I'd say, I'd say, you know, he's been better when it comes on the perimeter, right? Maybe his, you know, just lockdown defense, you know, something you can't really notice. Notice, like, you know, we see those kinds of things that just can't be put in the stat sheet, and I can understand that. But to me. I think it's obvious that his overall production, even if you just say, okay, it hasn't gotten worse, but it also hasn't gotten better. And I'm looking at a 25-year-old center who right now, he's that contract that we were talking about, three years, $40 million, that's finally going to start to kick in. So last year he made $1.9 million. This year he makes twelve point five. Next year, $13.5. 2026, $14.5. So the Wizards are going to be having Gafford as one of the more expensive players on their team, without him really ever improving into the player that I think the Wizards are going to want him to be, right? And I think, again, it all comes down to the point guard. Spencer Dinwiddie really, again, was not that facilitator. Eight and a half points a game, six rebounds, uh, half a uh, one and a half blocks, and 65% field goal, which is not good for his standards. That was with Dinwiddie. With Monte Morris last year, we saw the inconsistency. 8.6 points a game, 5 rebounds, and a block uh, with Monte Morris. And so we haven't really seen that point guard 
that's been able to, you know, who's fast, can take it down the court, play really well inside the half court, and set his big man up for incredible opportunities. That's why last year we saw a ton of Kristaps Porzingis outside the paint, where we saw him taking a ton of mid-range jump shots, a ton of three-point shots, because the Wizards really were never set up to succeed inside the paint. Until now, Jordan Poole is now on the Washington Wizards. And I was someone, you could go back and listen to the episode, when Poole was traded to the Wizards, I hated it. I absolutely despised Jordan Poole coming to Washington. And throughout that week, and then now throughout, you know, months of not uploading, obviously I've still been thinking about the Wizards, because, well, you know, they're my team. And what I've realized is that Jordan Poole isn't as bad of a pickup, and I think it's really harsh to overreact before we see what he can do on both sides of the ball and if he's going to add significant value long-term on this Washington team. Again, the last time we really saw Gafford succeed was with a fast, athletic point guard who can drive to the rim, you know, make saucy passes, and throw incredible lobs. Jordan Poole has that ability. And we're going to break down Jordan Poole. That's an entire episode coming up. But we're just breaking down Jordan Poole because he's one of the more complex players. Just such a unique player on this Wizards team. So he's going to be someone that's going to be broken down. But is he the kind of player to set Gafford up for opportunities? I'd say yes. I think this year for the Wizards, even though you let go of all these good players, how could it be fun? I think this season is going to be so fun to be a Washington Wizards fan, right? Because I'm really excited. Kyle Kuzma is now the number one, the primary scoring option on this team. What can we see him do? Is 25 points per game, you know, that harsh? Or, I mean, could he do more than that? Is that the production we, we, we could expect? I mean, Kyle Kuzma could have an incredible year this coming year. And then we look at Jordan Poole. A guy who I'm just mentioning is just a fun basketball player. Can play really well inside the half court. And so this can be a Wizards team that, right, you have. And something else I want to think about as well is that, like, you do have Monte Morris as well. I mean, not Monte Morris, excuse me, Tyus Jones. Um, Kind of like Monte Morris. Um, Actually, the Wizards were going to pick up Tyus Jones had they not got Monte Morris uh, last, not this offseason, the offseason before. But... Tyus Jones is another guy who, like, has the best assist-to-turnover ratio in the league. Like, while he could be more similar to Morris, he could also be a guy who, and we saw this with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark and other guys in Memphis, who is an incredible player, an incredible passer at, you know, lobbing up the ball and giving his big man good opportunities to score. So, overall, this is what I'm saying. Is this a make-or-break year for Daniel Gafford? I don't know. Because I think even if Gafford has this production again, I'm not sure really anything is going to change, right? Because I don't know if any if they're going to be able to trade a $13.5 million contract for an average center. And that may be a tough task if he doesn't prove abilities of like, you know, being a really good defender or being really good at one skill to where he can help a championship team if that's their weakness or whatever. So, I don't know if it's a make-or-break year when it comes to is Daniel Gafford going to be on the Washington Wizards. I think it's more of a make-or-break year if it comes down to the Daniel Gafford that we're going to expect long-term, right? Because just turned 25 years old two days ago on October 1st, happy birthday to Daniel Gafford. 
And if you're 25 years old, there's a certain point where you're like, all right, this guy has reached his peak. And so this year, you're giving Ty, you're, you're being given Tyus Jones, a really good point card. You're being given Jordan Poole, who's incredible inside the half court. This is your opportunity to shine as one of the primary options on this team. Right? And what's interesting is he is expected to miss two to four weeks, so he may miss the first week or so of the season. So, I mean, I, I mean, you know, see, he may, you know, it's going to be, we're going to have to wait a little while to kind of see his production. Hopefully he's there for the start of the season, but he may not be. Overall is this, again, I think Daniel Gafford may still be on the Wizards if he keeps his production the same this year, but I think if we want to expect a Daniel Gafford that continues to improve on both sides of the ball and turns himself into a very quality center in this league, you know, this would have to be the year to do it. So, yes, it is a make-or-break year for Daniel Gafford, but I think there is a good chance that he could succeed with the pieces that he is being given. We hope you guys did enjoy another episode here on Wiz Talk with Chase. Tell me what you guys think. Is this a make-or-break year for Daniel Gafford, and how is he going to do this year? Tell me what you guys think. Gafford is personally one of my favorite players, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the system, seeing what he's not good at, seeing what his strengths are, and seeing how he's able to impact this team in a good way. So, personally, I'm very excited to see how he does, and I want to see what you guys think. I'll leave a question and the poll here. If you're on Spotify, you should be able to check it out. Season's just around the corner today, and it's hard to keep track of the dates, but it's October 3rd. That means we are just over three weeks away from the Wizards' opening day action at Indiana to take on the Pacers on October 25th. That's going to be interesting, and we're going to have a ton of content on here uh, throughout the next few weeks, breaking down this Wizards team before that tip-off on the 25th. So we hope you guys did enjoy. Again, tell me your thoughts on Gafford and the kind of content that you want to see long-term on here. That is going to be it for today's episode. Subscribe, follow, share, view, and of course, as always, I will see you guys next time. Peace.